Well, here we are for the 12th time in this series on deliverance here at the kitchen table. Yep, you found Fika with Arctic Eric, and I certainly thank you for joining me here again at the kitchen table. That word Fika means freedom in Christ always. The freedom to know him, to know him more deeply, more personally, more intimately, to hear his voice, to follow him, and to share him with, all, with others, and all through the power of the person, that indwelling person of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit we receive when we capitulate, when we surrender, when we believe, when we trust in Christ alone. And that new life began in us when we did so. Okay, like I say, it's part 12, and today we're going to look at casting out of demons today, in the world today. What might that look like? So let's take a number of the principles and things that we've discussed over these prior 11 times that we've met here at the kitchen table. And you know, I know you're busy. I know you have many things to do in your day. And I appreciate you taking these minutes to be here with me. Okay, when we go through these references that we've gone through about deliverance in the New Testament, I think uh, by looking at these principles, by looking at these verses, we can use them to evaluate reports of exorcism or actually deliverance in the day we live, in the right now. So let's begin to look at it. Well, first of all, let's remind ourselves that Christ has power over demons. And during his life on earth, Jesus commanded demons, and they were forced to obey him. And Jesus, we saw clearly, delegated authority to cast out demons to his followers. And after Jesus' death and resurrection, his followers continued to cast out demons in his name. The deliverance ministry is alive and well today on the planet earth because Christ is alive and living in the hearts of those who believe. Jesus is presently where? He's at the right hand of God and he has complete authority over all angelic and demonic beings. Let's keep that in mind. So that's number one. Number two, when we trust in Christ as Lord, as King, as Savior, it provides us a standing, a position, a place with God that enables everyone who believes to command demons in Jesus' name. Let's keep that in mind. In Acts 19, we looked at, uh, it reports on the effort of those exorcists with no personal relationship with God to use Jesus' name. And these exorcists were plummeted by demon-possessed man or the demonized man and uh, had to flee. So let's keep that in mind. This is about believers commanding, casting out in the name of the Lord Jesus. The third point I'd like to make is that spiritual preparation for confronting uh, demons, it's important. You know, Jesus told his disciples that a lack of faith prevented them from casting out a demon. 
Let's also consider that the practice of sin or the ignorance of scriptures or anything which negatively affects the intimacy of our fellowship with the Lord may rob us of the complete trust in Christ that is so essential when confronting demons. For the fourth point, demons are commanded to leave the demonized in the name of Jesus. There is no place, remember the teaching we had earlier, there's no place and there's no need for rituals or incantations in deliverance. Deliverance is a confrontation between one or more demons and a believer representing Jesus Christ. Jesus' followers, both before and after his resurrection, won this kind of spiritual victory simply by relying on Jesus' authority and commanding demons in his name. The fifth thing I want to look at is that during a deliverance, during an episode where one is commanding demons or uh, to, to flee the demonized person, that these demons may speak through that demonized person. In most of the cases of exorcism recorded in the Gospels and Acts, where the details are supplied, the demons will speak directly to the one demanding and commanding through the possessed individual. So they'll speak through that person who is demonized as one commands. And this phenomena seems to be present in most contemporary reports of demon possession. Dealing with the demon directly is an important part of the deliverance process. And I can share that uh, from personal testimony that they absolutely will speak. We're not to have discussions with them. We are not to gain, quote, spiritual insight from them because they lie with the exception of Jesus asked, what is your name? And there are times when we ask what is your name? And if you will, it gives us leverage when commanding by name that that spirit depart in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But no conversations with them. You will be deceived if you enter into that. The sixth point I'd like to make is that demons are going to resist. Listen, it can take time and one thing I, I like to mention when I think about the fact that demons resist is that with, mo with few exceptions, when I've been involved in what we call personal deliverance, commanding the authority in Jesus' name and commanding demons who've taken up residency in a human, that uh, doing it as a team, two or more, who are familiar with the authority that has been given to us in the name and through the name of Jesus. But listen, they don't want to leave, but they will, and we need to know that from the get-go. Remember the legion of demons who possessed the, the fellow there in the tombs, and they asked to go into a herd of, of swine? Listen, they're not wanting to go anywhere, especially into outer darkness. And we can see that a demon successfully resisted being cast out by the disciples, but that demon could not resist Jesus. Even Luke's comment that a demon left a slave girl in the very hour when Paul commanded it to depart indicates that in some cases demons successfully resist for much longer than that. 
casting out demons may involve a lengthy and difficult spiritual battle. It's not a game. It's about God's power, the power of the kingdom of God, crashing into the darkness of someone's life, that person who has a portion of their personality under the influence or demonized. It's his kingdom crashing in and bringing freedom and glory to God as the name of Jesus Christ is demanding, commanding, being used to drive out that evil demon. Number seven, demons have rank and they have an ability to resist. You know, Jesus referred to the demon which the disciples could not cast out as this kind. He explained that their failure was because of their lack of faith, and he told them that when they encountered this kind of demon, they would need the spiritual preparation of prayer and fasting. Now, let's remember there's no merit in prayer and fasting in itself. That exercise is recommended to sharpen the believer's focus on Christ and thus to strengthen the believer's trust in Jesus as preparation for confrontation with demons. I can tell you that often when I travel to the east, the far east, I'm thinking about India, Africa, the Philippines, I will often fast in advance of those trips simply because my personal subjective uh, testimony is that it did sharpen me. It, it did help me to keep that focus on Christ all the more clearly, and it strengthened me in preparation for that which God wanted to do. The eighth thing I want to mention here at the kitchen table is that demons often cause some physical symptom when departing. This is indicated a number of times in the Gospels by the means of a phrase such as the demon threw him down or convulsed him. Apparently, the bond demons create with the individuals whom they possess or whom they demonize, that much better word demonize, includes a physical link and it may cause manifestation when departing. We don't look for manifestations. We don't have an expectation in manifestations. No, we rejoice that that individual is going to be set free. It's fascinating to see the principles we saw in biblical accounts of, of deliverance are duplicated in contemporary reports of deliverance. When I think about these symptoms, I want to remind that uh, oftentimes, or in my experience, it is a, a notice a difference in breathing. You know, spirit and breath are the same word. And oftentimes, as a uh, demon looses, is, is loosed in Jesus' name from that temple of God, that individual, that there will be a marked change in breathing. But again, that's just a subjective thing that I want to want to mention there. As we read many accounts from many different places in the world, many times we see that uh, deliverance happens, quote, through the foreign missionary. And there are reasons for that. It isn't that the missionary has any special power, but is often in places and situations where demonic activity is more prevalent. But don't kid yourself, right here in Sweden, right here in Western, secular, humanistic, God-denying, demon-denying 
Sweden. I have seen individuals set free through the name of Jesus. So the name of Jesus crosses all cultural lines and barriers, and the need is in every single culture. So let's draw some conclusions here at the kitchen table, part 12, about demons today. So here's some important conclusions. Let's look at this. Number one, demons are real. They're personal beings, and they are active in the world today. Demonization has distinctive symptoms, which are recognizable by anyone who has studied the gospel accounts of demonization. Demons look for opportunities to gain access to humans. It's important to avoid all contact with the occult. That's one primary avenue with the demonic. It's also important to live a moral life. Listen, Christians who turn to sin are vulnerable to demonization. Remember that demons are a defeated foe. Christ has authority over them, and believers can command demons in Jesus' name and force them to depart. Despite the fact that Christ has triumphed, demons and demonization should not be taken lightly. Those who have no contact with demons throughout their lives are blessed. Listen, we're not looking for demons. We're looking for God to use us in any way that he might want. Well, this was part 12. Some things about demons today. We're going to continue uh, next time here at the kitchen table with some steps for preparation to actually minister deliverance. Listen, God bless you. Thank you for being here. And let me take just one more moment to pray the prayer that I, uh, I, I so enjoy to end these sessions with. And here it is, that God, that his good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you, in you, and through you today. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Good day.